Welcome all to the mental illness, family and marriage chit chat that we have going on here. Uh, in just a short moment, Mark's going to come and join us. And today we're going to cover off from a more marriage family perspective of what he talked about at the beginning of the week, which was Monday, that podcast went up. And he spoke about mental illness is my normal. And we're going to use that as the basis of our chat today. Hello. Welcome, welcome. We good to go? We are. We're good to go. All right. So, mental illness is our normal. So, we live two lives, I think, in our marriage. We lived a life without mental illness. Yes. Yeah. And we lived a life with mental illness. This is true. And there's also another difference is what the normal was at the beginning and then what the normal is now. I mean, there's a vast comparison yeah. between the two. Do you think about that much? Do you think about or look you know, back and go, oh, I wish we were back how we used to be? No, I don't. No. Because now, as you put, um, you put it as your mental illness is your new normal huh. this is now as a couple and marriage and family this is our new normal right so why would i look back on that so what sort of things and and i'm keen to know what sort of things do you have to do to accommodate my mental illness on a daily basis um that's a really really stupid question I mean, I, I'll start the ball rolling. I know that every day I need to call you first thing. So once I've woken mm. up, you need to speak to me. Which is interesting because I want to talk to you because I want to know you're okay. Yeah. I want to hear in your tone. So when you call me, I'm listening to see how you answer the phone. That usually tells me straight, okay, straight away, where are you at? So that's kind of one of the things that, we need to do to be to maintain normal yes okay yes exactly so you call i see how you're feeling i check in with you how are you doing today uh the the norms the norms yeah that's yeah. what we do is it because you think that there's going to be an emergency i mean i i feel like we're out of the emergency stage aren't we no we def we definitely are um I just think that we've talked about this before about how history can play a really big role in how you cope and feel even now, even though this is our normal. Yeah. Um, in the in the coping and dealing with where you may be at, and I know this kind of contradicts what I said before, but um, there is that thing always in just the back of my mind going, well, if you're not okay, I will need to think about this, I need to think about this, maybe this. Okay, so what's this, 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 and this? So let's talk about the bad old days when uh, you didn't know which Mark was going to call you in the morning. Mm. So keeping in mind that um, I was still working full-time, so mm. I wasn't here for you. Yep. I don't know if that was hard for you by me always going off to work. I never asked you hmm. if that was hard or maybe you just never really thought about it because that was normal at the time. Well, I did when I wasn't working particularly. Um, there was always a lot of guilt 
around not being able to work and mm. um so i did think about it in that respect i didn't really feel like i needed you there all the time because i knew that if i did need you you were available mm. yeah for sure so it just became initially it was now it's just we like to do it we like to just touch base first thing in the morning but what was some of the things that you felt may happen like what what was the driving force like the actual reasons that you wanted me to call because i wanted to know what sort of headspace you're in i wanted to know if you were feeling okay mm -hmm. were you going to be okay or did you need me physically there mm -hmm. to help you not so not saying that i could have fixed it all but remember you often say that sometimes just having me there mm. is the help yeah or talking to me is the help yep uh, that would be on my mind what if the kids were here mm -hmm. and you weren't doing well which meant that then if they did something um that could on trigger you to feel angry mm. and upset at them mm -hmm. which i didn't want that situation yeah yeah and i feel like i need to be there to intervene yeah and be that barrier between then you and the kids oh. she felt like you had to be that a lot yes very much so at the beginning they're, they're very good at pushing my mental health buttons i just think kids are good at pushing buttons you know <laughs> kids are good at that they're great at it um and, and also you know they're coming from a place of uncertainty themselves they're immature huh. they're very in the moment you know think about that kids are fantastic so in the moment but huh. probably not the best thing looking at it for a person with mental health which you just said you'd agree with yeah um i just didn't want to always be in what would be perceived as like a fail situation yep. between you and the kids. Yeah. Because you, you've talked about that a lot, the, the sorry, the fail situation. You, you've talked about that a lot. Where, what, what did that look like? What does it look like? I hate using the word fail because even as part of your sessions we tried to move away from using the word yeah, but, fail because it's very negative but in this um, just for a description does it just yeah i would say that looks like um let's just say that you're cooking dinner mm -hmm. for the kids and everyone gets their dinner but then one of the kids drops the plate full of food all mm -hmm. over the floor that would be bad for you mm. uh, not to mention just the sound of something loud smashing onto the floor would probably and you tell me if this is right um, engage your fight or flight yeah um, and I and I just think it made it, for you you always have the tendency to be more angry and mad when mm. those things happened um, and it would just cascade into a, a bigger issue then if you just let it go and you didn't have me there as a buffer so i felt like i just needed to be there all the time 
remember the time remember the time that you cooked me up a we call it our Australian Thanksgiving and it was turkey and um, all the trimmings it was it's our mm. kind of annual sort of celebration it's not Thanksgiving Americans wouldn't recognize it um, but for some reason our, our little boy chose to help me mm. and covered my plate in tomato sauce because that's how he eats it so he thought i'm going to help dad out and put tomato sauce on his turkey because <laughs> he would love that and he thought he was helping so much how did i handle that one in initially not well <laughs> not well <laughs> Um, and you know the... you didn't handle that well. No, no, I, I know for a fact I didn't. I, inside, I've never wanted to to punt my child uh, until that moment, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, you got you got mad. You're mad. You're so mad at him and not understanding why he would do that. And I tried to come in as a buffer between you and him, between you and him, but. I don't think there was I don't think there was a fix there, really. Yeah, but I think comparatively I feel like I held it together okay that day. Like it wasn't a tragic end of the thing fail. It just became me being disappointed and him knowing that I was disappointed and angry at him. Yes. But and it just seems like then when you're upset though you don't have the headspace to pull it back to where you want to take it so i'm not sure if you're aware in that moment when you're angry that the anger's probably gone too far like it's too much uh, in your response to the situation i've kind of learned now not at the time but I've kind of learned now that when my voice hits a certain pitch, it's time to stop. Mm. And that's stop what I'm doing. Because I guess the big one is when we're getting the kids to clean the house or getting them to do their chores. Yeah, so people, I think <laughs> you're very task-orientated, ex extremely. Like when there's yeah. a job to be done, and it's got nothing to do with your mental health. You just go into this little phase of, okay, the job's done. But you seem very angry about doing the jobs. But they are getting done, but they will get done. <laughs> and that can just, and I don't think, I don't think that people around you understand that you're not actually angry and you're not mad you're just in task mode and this is how you operate. <laughs> how does it work when you need to intervene? Do I listen? Maybe not initially, but once I take a beat. Um, I would agree, not initially. Because mental health aside, mm. think of... To me, I always think of people who I've ever talked to who have been super mad. Can you ever reason with a person who's super mad? Mm. They're not in that space. They don't have anything else in them in that moment but feeling angry and they just want to be angry and, and stay there. Mm. So it's always better 
to change the situation, change your perspective, remove the things that are causing the problem. The triggers. The yep. triggers. And just wait. And then just wait until, let's say, until you're in a better space mm-hmm. and you're feeling okay to talk about things. And that might even look like not in the same day. That could be the next day. Mm-hmm. That could be in two days' time. So I'd say at the beginning, that was days later, I'd have to talk to you about that situation. Right. Days. Days. What's it like now? Um, I. It sounds really creepy, but I watch you to see where, to see your face, see where your mannerisms are at. I check in with you. And then I just wait for you not to feel so emotional. Do you still have to wait days to talk to me? No, it's it's usually probably a few hours later. Like I'll give you some space. Maybe let you play your game for a little while. I wonder if that's, and this is a genuine question. I wonder if that's um, um, depending on how much I react. So if you catch me early. Yeah, so if we were just talking before about the tasks and the cleanings, if I can see that you're getting way too caught up in the situation with the kids and and sadly the kids' faces just look like, I just don't even know what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) It does. Every single time their faces just are... I don't know, I don't know, I can't do anymore, I can't fix this anymore. So that's when I'll come to you. I can't pull over <laughs> any further. I pulled over, I can't pull over any further. Um, it's exactly like that. And their faces are just looking at me and going, I just, I don't know, I don't know. It's like they've got no win in that situation. For, for them, yeah, mm. because they know you're upset. They don't want you to be upset, but you're upset. They don't know how to fix it. So that's where I would intervene and come. Usually it's through tactile touch and I'll touch you and go, so I think I think it's time for you to go do something else. And often you'll be so caught up that you'll say back to me, um, no, no, we need to get this right. We need to do this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, oh, but I think you need to just, move away from the situation (laughs) generally i can get you to bend my will (laughs) (laughs) these aren't the tasks i want you to do that's right not no i think that the the force would probably help me but it's through (laughs) gentle persuasion i I believe there's a merry force like you (laughs) you will be calm now (laughs) you will stop being an idiot so and I don't. You must hate. You must hate talking about these. Things. I don't want to ask, <laughs> but I'm going to. Am I angry all the time? I no. know that I look grumpy, and that's a revelation that I've had just recently because most of my career, when I was in front of people, was on radio. So I never thought about how my face looked. Mm. And I think I've just gotten into the habit of having resting, angry 
face. Resting kill you face. I don't know. No, I'd say resting grumpy face. Grumpy face. Grumpy face. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not grumpy. No, you're not. It's not like I come up to you and go, what do you want? Why are you here? <laughs> because then I'd have to have words with you if you spoke to me like that. But <laughs> and, and that's an interesting thing about us is... And people could never believe this when we first got married. We, we never really fight, eh? We don't get into shouting matches. and. Oh, I could, could never do that anyway. I'm an introvert who doesn't like yelling or any conflict of any sort. It was never going to work for us. Yeah. And you came from a background that was completely opposite to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I did. Oh, mum and dad, I love you so much. <laughs> if only I, I understand them so much better now that I'm older. I look back at the old, the our old relationship with mum and dad when I was living with them. And for many years, I would point out their errors as I saw them. Now, I just think about how much of a punk dumbass I was (laughs) that I can pretty much justify almost everything that my parents did in anger (laughs) because it was like I kind of deserved it. I was just like a model child, of course. Yeah, I'm sure you were. (laughs) I'm sure you were. No, it it is interesting that, I mean, because... I look at the kids and like everybody jokes that your kids are going to be screwed up and they're going to sit in the psychiatrist's office and they're going to talk about you. At least I know what I did to my kids. And it's hard for me to, to not blame myself for their mental illness issues. Mm. And I can understand. I can understand that. I can because I wonder if I never had that critical incident, if I didn't get hurt. Obviously, and we've shown that I was starting to show a few mental illness things, panic attacks, clinical depression, mm. clinical anxiety. If I had have left my job at that point and did something else, would my kids now have the issues that they have? Or were my kids always going to have these issues because of genetics and hmm. DNA and stuff? I guess the answer that you're never going 100% know. Anyway. Yeah. You're not going to know that. Yeah, you know, you know what I worry most about? Hmm. I just, I don't want them to hate me. Oh, they don't hate you. No, no, I know. I, I know, but I don't want them to, I don't want to be one of those dads that they talk about in the absolute negative like i think about your daddy sadly passed away i can't think of a bad or negative thing to say about him Mm. he was always kind he was always generous um he was weird but it was awesome the only thing i didn't like that he did was cooking liver it's disgusting Delicious. Oh, I do not get that. I do not get that. And I think about 
how you kids, you and your brothers and sisters, think about your dad. And I wonder how my kids are going to think about me because I see nothing but failure mm. in me as a dad, you know. So even the best that I can do now, if, if I was magically not mentally ill anymore, I could never make up for the behaviours that they've seen. You know what I mean? I do. I just feel like you're looking at it from um, a wrong perspective. I don't know that anything in particular I'm going to, going to say will I, change I, your perspective. I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just, no, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I know. But I think even we need to look at it from the point of view of are we not serving an excellent example by saying you've gone through um, something massive? in having this experience and being able to come out the other side of that, hmm. showing strength, uh, resilience. Hmm. These are all qualities that I know we want in our kids. Yeah. Um, and I think whilst there were negative things in there, mm -hmm. there's also a lot of positives from it. Um, and you can still make all of our kids laugh. And yeah. they love that. They yeah. love the humour. They love to laugh. And I think that that says a lot about that we've done a lot of things right huh. in being able to do that. Huh. Do they think you're probably a bit of a, a grumpy pants? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and sometimes they're concerned because they, they still don't know which you they're going to get if they come to ask a question. Yeah. Are they going to get the you that is... Uh, feeling good, carefree, and yeah, loosey goosey. Yeah, ask me whatever you want, whatever you want. Um, or are they getting tired? You who's uh, been battling your mental health all day and struggling. Huh. Like, which one are they going to get? Um, keeping in mind that you still try to be there for them in those moments as well, hmm. because you have to. Life goes on, whether you have a whether you have a bad day or not. You've still got kids. And I'm still around, so. <laughs> Is it weird that I have this bizarre thing that I want their friends to like me? Or not not necessarily like me, but think I'm cool? <laughs> I don't know, because I've never had that concept where people think I'm cool. Yeah, but you I'm, might... I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a dag. Yeah, but... I'm a bit, a bit of a no, dag, Mum. No, I always not. say that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just... I just it, it it's it's to me it's always been a gauge. If their friends think I'm alright, if their friends think I'm cool, that for me is a good measure of okay, I'm doing I'm doing okay a little bit. You know, we've we've met a lot of these friends. I don't know that I'd be using that as a measure. I'm just oh, I know it. that's why I said, is it weird that I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely mean. <laughs> To their friends. Well, I like them to like the food I cook. So, yeah, yeah. you know, food is my love language. And I want them to like everything that I cook and put in front of them. And if they're too high maintenance, I just look at them and go, oh, I don't know about this friend. Don't know. I'm not feeling it. They don't like what I cook. Yeah, so they're just not on. So, really, 
are we then both not a bit weird? Yeah, I don't know. And that's why I it works know. so well. I, I like that their friends think we're funny. Yeah. Yes. Their friends think we're hilarious. I don't know why. Especially because, as I said, I am genuinely mean to some of them. Yeah, we're pretty great. <laughs> we're pretty great. I love it when they walk in the room and go, hi, Mr. Brosnan. And I just go, nah. When have you said that? When did you say that? All the time. To their friends. Oh, I must be there every time you said that. Oh. <laughs> I don't well, remember. But you, you like to fart. You like to torment our 17-year-old's boyfriend. Well, I mean, that's just... I've got to. I have to. That's that's the rule. Oh, he's like the most gentle boy in the world. Yeah, don't tell him, but I really like him. He's a lovely boy. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> no, you won't. You're kidding me. Delightful. <laughs> You're delightful. <laughs> and it's, but, it, but it's interesting because I'm, 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 and this might be everybody, I don't know, but like when we first met, when we first were married, I did not get on with your family. We never had arguments because they're not that kind of family. They're just the kind of family that I hate you. You're disgusting. You're the worst person in the world. Let's have lunch and then let's go. Um, and it was when I saw how much they loved our kids that my attitude towards them changed dramatically. It's the same with this kid. He, he's respectful and he's kind to my daughter. You better not touch her in any way, shape or form. I reserve the right to touch him in any way that he touches my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. No, Maybe not. I just... It's kind of gross but anyway it's not right it's not right yeah well i was always uh, interested in the concept of meeting him for the first time while i'm naked like meet him at the front yeah, door naked no I, I couldn't actually do it but i'm intrigued by the notion like mm. just <laughs> i don't know yeah i would have been just doing you saying go get your clothes on <laughs> What's well, you, wrong with you? Well, you, you know I'd never do that. <laughs> no. no. But it was an intriguing option, though. Mm. Anywho. 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 So I've always lived with our kids with the idea that they are temporary. My kids don't have a choice. My kids are going to leave me one day. That's just the nature of having kids. I am their dad. I'm always going to be their dad. Nothing is going to change that. And that's why I've always tried to prioritize you because you choose to be with me every day. You could leave at any time um, and you choose not to, which is pretty special. I do have breaks and do some gardening. Oh, of course. Of course. Of the year. <laughs> <laughs> And you're an excellent builder of yes, things. I do. I love my DIY. Nice. Love nice. it. But where we are now is very different. From? From where we started. It's different. From in our marriage or from um, mental well, illness? Well, actually both. Well, both. Yeah. Both very different. 
I wouldn't say I'm the same person now. I'm the same girl from when we got married. I would say I've changed. You're still, stronger. still awesome, right? So well, still goes without saying. But <laughs> if anything, you're stronger. I mean, I still see the the, the I don't know how old you were, 22, when we first got together. I still see that in you. Um, you're still there. Um, you're fun, and you'd be silly with me. You let me be silly. Um, I think that's an important part of marriage is to have fun. To be able to laugh with each other, which we do. Like always sitting down and watch TV together and we make fun of the different things that comes on. <laughs> Lividity. Just different things. It's our little in jokes and they're fun. Yeah. Alrighty. I don't know that. Is there anything else you wanted to ask me about? Anything about being normal with mental illness? It's it's actually interesting because we had actually recently talked about what's going through your head. But I think I just wanted to hear how you're feeling on a daily basis now and mm-hmm. how you're feeling about being in the family, being in okay. marriage. Yeah, no, well, um, at my last job interview when I worked with Storage King, the guy asked a question at the end of the interview, what in your life are you the most proud of? And not sure what he was looking for, but the one answer that came to my head was my marriage. Um, I have to, I guess, put a caveat on that in that I feel a desperate sense of failure as a provider and as a support, um, and I don't think that will ever go away, but I wake up, well, you're never there when I wake up. When I come to bed at night, I've said it before, I will often just look at you and I can't believe that you're there. Um, You make me happy. You are my joy. Um, Our marriage is the best thing in my life. How do I feel from day to day? I think the worst thing is that I don't ever feel really, really happy or really, really sad. I have to sit in this numb kind of space. And I love our marriage. I love our family. I'm proud of our kids. And they give me joy. Mm. I love it when they laugh at my stupidness. Um, I'm grateful that they don't hate me. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, now for the most part, I'm, I feel good, I feel infinitely better than I felt years ago. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's just helps to have a support network. Well, it does, it does, and I mean, I don't really consider the kids to be a support in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Um. <laughs> no, they just keep making messes. <laughs> but no, it's it's. I I don't. If I didn't have you, I don't think I would still be here alive. Um. You know that night 
in the ambulance covered in pepper spray and everything going to the hospital thinking that one my assailant was in the ambulance with me and was going to try and kill me so when they were taking my bp and stuff i remember thinking that that he'd come back and he was there and the thing stabbing me and then in my more rational moments thinking i was going to jail because i wasn't a hundred percent sure what i'd actually done um and just lying there thinking i just want to be with mary um that was all i wanted in the world and it's true to this day i don't really want anything else i don't look for things i well you know me i don't have any vices i don't really have any because you can't have coke anymore because you don't like it anymore yeah which is good you loved your coke yeah mm. and um but no i feel grateful and happy and i wake up positive every day sometimes i struggle Sometimes my mind tells me things that aren't true. But for the most part, I'm living a good life and a happy life. Does that answer your question? I think that's good. I think at some stage we should have, um, we should definitely talk about what you think about in your mind and then what the reality is on my side. Well, cool. Let's do that next week. I think that would be good. All right, that's what we're going to do next week. Um, I've got to get back to work. (laughs) Hope you've enjoyed our conversation. We're going to do it again next week. We'll talk about my mind versus reality. Um, Subscribe, like, and share. um, And let people know about Shattered the Podcast so we can keep normalizing the conversation around mental illness. Thanks, Bob. You're welcome.